0: Pray with me today. Father, we just want to say thank you for the opportunity to gather in your presence and to praise your name and to give you glory and honor. And God, you are so worthy of it. God, as we sing that song, I'm just thinking about all the times in my life that you've been faithful through so many things and God I know that's a culmination of over 20 years that I've been able to look back and I've seen you work and move and I know there's people here today people who are watching online who they don't have that experience of those years and Lord they're just kind of at this crossroads right now as to whether or not they're going to put their faith in you and whether or not they're going to trust in you. God, I pray that you would speak into their lives. Lord, that you would reveal that you can be trusted in. God, that you are faithful. Help these people this morning open their hearts and put their faith and trust in you God I pray that you would speak and work and move among us this morning that God you would remind us of who you are and how faithful you are that you would remind us of how amazing and powerful you are and all the things that you can do all the things that we read about in your word and all the things that just above all the things that we could think or imagine God that you are more capable than we could possibly fathom jesus we just want to say that we love you today we lift up our brothers and sisters god we ask that you would be with them lord we pray for miss tina johnson's family today as they lost a loved one and lord that you would just touch them right now father we ask that you would be with so many of our brothers and sisters who are struggling with physical ailments, be with them today. God, we love you. We thank you. We thank you for what this day means. And we ask that you would guide us in all that we do. For it's in this holy and precious name of Jesus Christ that we pray. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Thank you. you. may be seated. Well, it is good to see everybody this morning. And we are in week five of listening to God. I'm going to be drinking and coughing as we do this thing, so be patient with me this morning. But one of the greatest natural desires that we have as human beings is to know truth. You you know, we, we, we want to know whether or not people are lying to us, whether or not people are trying to deceive us. We want to know excuse me, Uh, what our government is doing, what the media is doing. You know, there's so much skepticism when it comes to that. There's a lot of skepticism today when it comes to religion. There's a lot of skepticism when it comes to church, pastors, religious leaders of all kinds. I mean, when you think about it, people genuinely seek truth in so many aspects of their life. And we seek it because truth is valuable, right? I mean, truth is valuable in a worldly sense, but it's also valuable in an eternal sense. And we greatly desire and need truth in our lives. and And today, the title of our sermon is "Is Listening to God Reveals Truth," and that's just something we kind of need to remind ourselves of. We, we we forget about things a lot of times when it comes to God. You know, we we get busy with life. We live every day. We go to work. We we're just trying to you know survive in a lot of ways. And a lot of times we just forget some some basics. And just realizing that listening to God reveals truth. And that's really important to remember. So read with me today. John chapter 16 verses 12 through 15. And um, we'll get going through our journey. All right. So Jesus said, there's so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes... He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. How many of you would like to know about the future? All right, it'd be really valuable if you knew truth about the future, all right? So he will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine, and this is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. And this is Jesus speaking, okay? He's just kind of sharing this moment right here where he's communicating that basically he is God and that there's going to be a Spirit, a Holy Spirit that's going to come, and it's going to communicate information to us that it receives directly from Christ and God himself. The Spirit doesn't reveal it. He He only says what He's told to say. He only reveals what He's told to reveal. So, point number one this morning, we need to be reminded that God is truth. Okay, like we talk about listening to God reveals truth, okay? But sometimes we just need to remind ourselves that God is truth. Okay, He is the very essence of truth. And I say this. And if, you, if you're sitting here this morning and you're saved and you have that experience and you can sing that song we, we sang earlier and you, you talk about all my life, you've been faithful and you trust in God and you know and you've witnessed it, then you can say, yes, I believe that God is truth this morning. But if you're sitting here today and you're just like, I don't, I'm not there yet. like I haven't put everything I have into God. I haven't turned it over to Him. I'm just not sure. It just hasn't been revealed to me yet. And I'm just not sure I'm invested in this thing totally. You're going to struggle with this. This is going to be difficult for you to kind of contemplate and really chew on. But to understand today and to have the revelation that God is truth. He is the very thing that we hunger and thirst for. Like we want to know truth. We want to know what's right. We want to know what's wrong. We want to know what we should be investing our life in, the things that we should be leaving alone. We want to know what decisions we should make. We would love to have all these things just revealed to us constantly. Well, as a believer in Christ, we we should be having faith that God can reveal all those things to us and understand that He is truth. And so as God reveals Himself to us, truth is revealed to us. Guidance is revealed to us. All these things are shown. God is the very essence of truth. And Jesus, who is God's Son, was the visible, physical representation of all of the qualities of God. And a lot of the passages we're going to be reading today are from the Gospel of John. And this is unique. We'll talk about it in a second. But John chapter 14, verse 6, you know, there's this little passage right here where Thomas is saying, No, we don't understand what you're saying. We don't know where you're going. And Jesus responds to him, He said, I am the way the truth, and the life. And no one can come to the Father except through me. All right? So one of the great things you see about the Gospel of John is is that it very much presents Jesus as being God. Like when you read John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, the Word was with God, and through the Word all things were created. And so that's the message they send in. So right here Jesus says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. So there's this this unified thing that exists between God the Father and Jesus Christ and even the Holy Spirit who reveals all truth, which we'll talk about again here in a second. But we talk about faith so much, and faith is so necessary when it comes to this. And you're sitting here today, and, and, and there's some of you who may say, Okay, I need God To reveal himself to me so that I know that this is true so that I can believe in this. And and there's, there's a lot of people who's had that attitude in the past. A lot of people have it now. A lot of people who's going to come later on who's going to have that attitude of, I want to believe in God. I want to put my trust and faith in him. But I need him to reveal himself to me in such a way that it convinces me that he is true and that he's worth revealing in. And I want to tell you, if that's the attitude of your heart, you're going to continue to be disappointed until the attitude of your heart has changed. Because the whole thing about our relationship with God is that it's completely and absolutely based on faith. The really cool thing is, is that as you put your faith in God, what happens is as time passes and situations and circumstances present themselves and you lean into God during those times, God does reveal Himself to you to be faithful and true, like the song that we sang earlier. But the problem is, is like you you've got to put your trust and faith in God first. You've got to be willing to step out on faith. And that sounds crazy, but it was done in such a way that anybody could do it. There's nobody here this morning. You don't have to take some crazy journey, you don't have to pay some high price, you don't have to go to school. There's. It's so easy that even a child can do it. How many of you have convinced your kids to believe in all kinds of stuff? For better or for worse, they're pretty easy to convince in things. In fool, in fun ways. It's so easy that even a child can do it. Salvation is so easy that even you might be the dumbest person in here, but you can do it. You can have faith in Christ and have eternal life. He made it that way so that everyone could have it and nobody could brag about it. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7, Paul writes, for we live by believing and not by seeing. We cannot have the attitude that we're not going to believe until we're convinced. That's not the way that God designed it. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 9, Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, God saved you by His grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. And God set all this up to be so simple that anybody in this room, anybody in this world, even a young child can believe and have faith in Him. And he set it up so that even the simplest, I'm trying to, you know, simple-minded, and you could be ugly and say ignorant or dumb or whatever, that anybody could have faith in Christ. That's how he set it up. So it would be available to anybody, so that nobody could brag about it. It's one of the reasons why... A lot of wealthy and high functioning people have a really hard time putting their faith in Christ because they're used to working for everything they get. And it doesn't make sense to think, well, all I got to do is believe. I don't have to work for this. I don't have to try or strive or outperform anyone else. Like, no, it's easy. James chapter 1, verse 18 says, He chose to give birth to us by giving us His true word. And we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. How much do your kids have to do for you, for you to take care of them and love them? Any of you let your kids get away with more than you should? (laughs) He loves us. We're his prized creation. He lets us get away with a lot more than he should. Because he's merciful and full of unfailing love. But he saved us by giving us his true word. So, point number two God wants to reveal all truth to us. You're sitting here this morning, you need to remember God is truth, but he wants to reveal all truth to us. And you can take that a couple different ways. First of all, it's like, yeah, there are truthful things, like, God wants to reveal all truth to us in that aspect. But if God is truth, then he also wants to reveal all of himself to us, which is pretty unique to think about. You know, we, we do our Bible study in here on Wednesday nights, and we're in 1 Corinthians right now. And chapter 13 is where we landed this past week, and we were talking, and in verse 12, Paul writes to the church, and he's talking about how, you know, we just don't see and understand everything right now. Like, we want to, but we just don't. And he writes, and he talks about how, We see things imperfectly now, but one day we will see things with perfect clarity. And everything we know now is partial and incomplete, but one day we will know things all completely. There is an understanding that God is wanting to take you as individuals. And He wants to grow you in your relationship with Him. And there are some of you who are sitting here this morning and, and God wants to reveal truth to you, and He doesn't just want to re- reveal truth, but He wants to reveal all truth to you. He wants you to, to understand what is true, what is valuable, what you should invest your life in, the, the messages that you should be relaying, what you should take and use your whole life for. He wants to reveal that to you. But if you consider as God being truth, well, He wants to reveal all of Himself to you as well. You read about people in Scripture, you say, man, I would love to be Moses. I would love to be somebody who got to like dwell with God and talk with Him and God pass before Him and reveal Himself to Him in that amazing way. Yeah, well, it takes many years of following God and surrendering to Him and submitting to Him, having faith and stepping out and doing things that doesn't make sense to everybody else. And then after that, God eventually reveals Himself to us in mighty ways, in amazing ways. But if you look back at our focus passage from John 16... He said, there's so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. You just can't bear it now. That seems a little unfair, doesn't it? How many of you have kids? You tell your kids everything? Why not? You don't tell your kids everything? you <laughs> would get them in trouble, wouldn't it? You'd be talking about things they don't need to be talking about. You know, um... My dad always said, you know, basically, like, whether or not you should tell a kid about something. It's like, if they're old enough to ask, you should probably talk to them about it. Which I think is pretty good. But we don't tell our kids everything because they're not ready to receive all the knowledge and information of the world has to offer. There will be a day and time where they need that information. But while they're kids, you know, it's like, there's just some things they don't need to know yet. They're not ready to receive it. There are people inside this room, every single one of us, That God wants us to know more. He wants to reveal more to us. He wants to reveal himself more to us. But the truth is, we're just not ready to receive it at this moment. There's still growth. There's still maturity that needs to take place. And we're all on this lifelong journey. And the truth is, it doesn't matter whether or not we're 10 years old this morning or we're 90 years old. We're still children of God, and He is still raising us up and preparing us to stand before Him in eternity. One day, all things will be made complete. One, we, one day, we will understand all things completely and clearly, but we're growing. God wants us to grow. He wants to reveal truth to us, and He wants to reveal all truth to us. John chapter 8, verses 31-32, through 32, Jesus said to the people who believed in Him, you are truly my disciples, If you remain faithful to my teachings, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, think about that. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Well, who is truth? Jesus, God. It's truth. All right, so if you know God, you know Christ, the truth will set you free. And at the same time, knowing God and knowing Christ is also knowing informational truth about the world and all of creation and everything else in our lives. And it kind of plays back and forth between the, that wording. But you need to understand this morning that, that you're sitting here today. And if you asked 20 years ago for, for Christ to come into your heart and to save you, that's great. That, that's an amazing thing. And, and God wants that for every single person in this room but you need to understand like God does not only want to reveal truth to you right now in this moment. He wants to reveal truth to you in the future. And God has an infinite and amazing amount of truth that He can reveal to us. As we live our entire lives, we can grow. In this life, you will cease to grow and you will begin to deteriorate both physically and mentally. But spiritually, you can continue to grow throughout the course of your life until the very end. That is the one thing that you can grow in despite your physical and mental state deteriorating is that you can continue to grow spiritually. Any of you as sharp as you used to be? No, but spiritually we can still grow. Then that's an amazing thing to think that God designed it that way. Point number three. There needs to be a desire for truth in us. When you talk about listening to God, you're not going to listen to God who is truth if there's not a desire for truth in your life. If you're constantly seeking and hungering for truth and what you should do and what you shouldn't do and what you should invest your life in and what you should train your children or your grandchildren up to invest their lives in, If there's not a hunger for truth in your life, then you're not going to seek and pursue God. And truth is available in both an earthly sense and an eternal sense. You know, you look at people who who are truly devoted to Christ. And they have an understanding of earthly things and eternal things. Usually you don't find somebody who has this wonderful understanding and they're very spiritually mature and you seek them in wisdom and information and they're a complete buffoon in everything else in the world. You with me? Like generally God, when God reveals truth, it it spreads out over our physical life and our spiritual life. In Psalm chapter 25, verse 5, David wrote this this song of, of prayer. He said, lead me by your truth and teach me. For you are the God who saves me. All day long, I put my hope in you. David wanted to be led by God. You, You talk about a man who was said to be a man after God's own heart, and he asked God, lead me by your truth. You are the God that saves me. Lead me. And there's a desire by him... Because he wanted God to teach him and he understood where his salvation came from. And I just want to ask you this morning like, what's your desire? Like, when you wake up in the morning, what do you get excited about? You know, and it's kind of cliche, but when you leave here today, what are you excited to go do today whenever you leave church? Because I know there's a lot of people who are itching to go do some other things. It's pretty typical. But what is your desire? What is your hunger? What's your thirst for life? There should be a desire for truth in our lives. And if we desire truth, we'll desire God. If we desire God, we'll desire truth. It plays off of each other. And the good news is, is that if you're here this morning, you don't have to have an IQ of 150 to get it. It's available to anybody. Every single person here can have a relationship with Christ, can have access to God, can have access to His truth. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be like some great successful person or anything like that once God reveals that truth to you, but you can have eternal life. And you can be focused on the right things. You can be satisfied in your relationship with the Lord. Since Good Friday is coming up, this is Palm Sunday, in John chapter 18, verses 37 through 38, Jesus is standing before Pilate as he's being interrogated and questioned, and they're trying to decide what they're going to do with him. He's been passed back and forth at this point. And Pilate asked him, he said, so you're a king? And Jesus responded, you say I am a king. Actually, I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth. All who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. And what is truth, Pilate asked. Then he went out again to the people and told them, He is not guilty of any crime. And you think about this moment right here where Pilate's like, Okay, you say you're a king. No, never claimed to be a king. I come to testify to truth. Well, what is truth? God is truth. I come to testify about God. I come to testify about eternal truth. And it's amazing that Rome was this country. It's very similar to, to kind of how we are in the way that they thought. And truth was a very relative thing to them, which is why you get this rhetorical question from Pilate what is truth? You come to pro- proclaim truth. What is truth? That's a very familiar question, isn't it? Everybody pushes for truth to be relative. It, it's only true in your own circumstances, in your own culture, in your own setting in that moment. And you have to decide for yourself what truth is? Like, no, God is truth. Amen. We have to have faith in that because the entire world tells you truth is relative. Pilate was under the impression that truth was relative. And when he asked Jesus the question, he didn't expect to answer. It was rhetorical because he didn't believe in an absolute truth. And this morning, we're talking about this today because it's easy to say, oh, you should just believe in truth. Like, no, it's hard. Like, I get it. It's difficult. It's difficult to step out on that limb and just trust that this is worth investing your life in, that this is worth investing your time, your money, your family all aspects of your life, because that's the way that it should be. It should be everything. Is it worth it? And we have to step out on faith to do that. And that takes a great deal of courage and strength. And, and there's something in us that just has to click in order for us to get to that point where we say, Okay, God, I don't get all this. I don't understand all this. But I'm willing to step out there and just see... Just, just put my faith in you and see if you are truth, if you're going to reveal yourself to me in a special way. But there has to be a desire. And point number four this morning, the truth changes us. And it should change us. Any of you ever made decisions based off of truth? Any of you ever learned something true later on that changed your mind and made you make a different decision? The truth changes us. And this may sound weird, but we've talked about this. God is truth. And God very much has the power to change if we allow Him to do so. And the spirit of truth reveals everything that it receives from Christ. And the Gospel of John is very unique. We, if you hadn't noticed already, like pretty much every verse we've been pulling from has been the Gospel of John. And the Gospel of John is different from the other three. And it's much more intimate, I think, it's a much more intimate way of sharing the Gospel and his perspective upon which he wrote the Gospel of Jesus Christ from his own testimony. But John hyper-focuses on things in his gospel, like one of the words that he hyper-focuses on is believe. It appears like 98 times in the gospel. It's like way more than any other book in the Bible that talks about belief. Well, the other word that it hyper-focuses on is truth. And it's almost double the amount of times of the next book that has the word truth in it. And it's just, it's just so significant at how many times John records and talks about truth. And John refers to Jesus as God, and Jesus was God, and Jesus is also referred to as the Word, right? So Jesus is God. Jesus is the Word. The Word is truth. Jesus is truth. God is truth. You see what I'm saying? It's like it's all connected and interwoven. In John 17, verses 17 through 19... Jesus is praying for his disciples. Now think about this. It's like, what should you pray for someone? And you think about Jesus, who is God, sits down and prays. this is like the last prayer that he prays for his disciples. And listen to what he says. Make them holy by your truth. That's significant this morning. I don't know if you've, you contemplate like, okay, what can I do to grow in my relationship with Christ? What can I do to become holy? What can I do to, to be the man or woman that God wants me to be according to Scripture? And Jesus is sitting here praying for his 12 disciples and now everyone else who's going to follow him and all the people who's going to make up that early church and he asks God, make them holy by your truth. If you're sitting here this morning, you're not desiring truth. You should desire truth. It's one of the things upon which you will be made holy through. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world, and I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so that they can be made holy by your truth Jesus gave up his life and died on that cross so that you could be made holy by truth by the true word of God and you sit down and you start looking at it and you start looking at how Jesus is referred to as the word of God and the word is truth and Jesus was God God is truth I mean, it just, it's like this kind of weird loop that just keeps looping, looping and connecting back and forth to one another. It's like you want to be made holy, you want eternal life. It's God. It's the truth of God. It's His Word. It's His Holy Spirit speaking to you because the Holy Spirit doesn't just tell you what it wants to tell you. It doesn't have a mind of its own. The Holy Spirit reveals to you what Christ has communicated for it to tell you, which is truth. The spirit of truth. You're sitting here this morning, don't be afraid to step out on faith and to seek your heavenly Father because one of the greatest desires that you have in your life is to know what truth is, right? You want to know, like, where you should go, what you should do. We all want to know truth, and it's so available. Just from our Heavenly Father. So readily available. And it does not matter. I have no idea what that is. But it does not matter. It does not matter who you are or how talented you are or how smart you are. Or or you might be sitting here this morning and like, I have nothing. I have nothing to give, nothing to offer. I don't have the intelligence that it takes. I don't have any abilities. You are prime real estate for God to want to use. Because using the least of these is how God always ends up with the most glory. Because it can't be attributed to someone's natural talents. It's only because God made them able to do what He has called them to do. Don't sit here today and short yourself on this aspect of, I'm not going to believe until I'm convinced. Step out on faith and trust in your heavenly Father. There is something inside of you that's speaking to you right now, which is the spirit of truth that's saying, this is the right decision. This is what you were created to do. This is what God has put in your heart to draw you to since the time that you were created in your mother's womb. This has always been His plan for you to come to Him and to step out on faith and put your trust and hope in Him because He is truth. Let's pray together. Father God, we just want to say thank you for this beautiful day. Lord, we love you, and we're so thankful for being a faithful God. And Lord, we can read scripture, and we can see your faithfulness through the generations despite their unfaithfulness. Lord, there are people in this room, many of us have not always been faithful, but God, you've been faithful in spite of that. And Lord, I know that there are people here this morning who are just saying, Lord, I want to believe, I want to trust, I want to know truth, but I just, I'm not sure. God, help them right now. Speak into their lives and just give them the courage to just step out in faith and trust in you. And in doing that, in due time, they will see your faithfulness, they will see your trustworthiness, they will see that you really are truth. God, we love you today. We thank you so much for what your son Jesus did on that cross. Thank you for giving us a Savior who was willing to go into Jerusalem on that donkey, knowing what was going to come in five days. Thank you for providing a way to be saved that we don't have to be smart. That we don't have to do anything, Lord. We can just believe. Thank you for making it that easy. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us today to step out in faith and trust in you. We love you. And as we get ready to celebrate in the next few moments, we ask, Lord, that you would bless the food to the nourishment of our bodies. Help us to honor and glorify you in our fellowship with one another. In the fun and games that we're going to have with our kids. God, I pray that your name would be glorified through it. Thank you for the people who are preparing it. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.